Welcome to episode 149 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we are doing an overview of Season 6. So Season 6 kicked off with The Beginning, following the movie. Mulder and Scully were assigned to work under Kirsch, and they had been taken off the X-Files, where Fowley and Spender had been reassigned. Muller and Scully instead were doing routine background checks, which felt like a dead-end assignment as punishment, which is pretty much exactly what it was. Nevertheless, for the next few episodes, they ended up getting involved anyway. So episode two was Drive, in which we had Brian Cranston prior to Breaking Bad as a racist who's got a problem with his head and Mulder's trying to save his life even though he can't stand the guy. Episode 3 was Triangle, which was a Wizard of Oz reference that reminded a lot of people of Titanic because they used the same costumes that were developed when they were filming it on the Queen Mary, where Mulder was warped back in time to World War II and lived out a life there where he saw the people from modern day in various roles, much like the 1939 Wizard of Oz. That was followed with a two-parter Dreamland, and this is where Mulder switches bodies with Morris Fletcher and lives as a man in black for a couple days before things are reset and the clock is turned back. So it does have some impact on the overall planning of the series, although some of it they don't quite understand, like Mulder doesn't remember getting a water bed, but he's got one now. That kind of idea. Then we get How the Ghost Stole Christmas, with Ed Asner and Lily Tomlin as a couple of ghosts who are killing people in a continuation of the new season six trend of filming in LA and getting some big name stars to guest star. That was continued the next week with Terms of Endearment, in which Bruce Campbell was a demon trying to have a normal baby who ended up impregnating a normal woman who wanted a demon baby. We get the Rain King with some Saturday Night Live alumni as a weatherman who can actually control the weather with his emotions, is influenced by what's going on in town, and blames himself for something that wasn't entirely his fault. Now, episode 9 is SR-819, which is a big turning point. Skinner's on the edge of death because of nanomite technology that's implanted in him by Krychek, who now has a way to control Skinner. And we still haven't seen how that is going to finish playing out here in Season 7. Episode 10 is Tiffinus, where Skelly's asked to investigate a crime scene photographer who is tied to just way too many crime scenes and is there first. And as a result, ends up presumably immortal because death takes the wrong person. Now we get Two Fathers, One Son, which is the two-parter in which Mulder realizes he and Spender are half-brothers, and the cigarette-smoking man is Spender's father, which also gives them a lot more access to the history. It also ends up with the death of the members of the Syndicate, effectively ending the conspiracy to this point and forcing them to take it in new directions if they're going to continue. 
Now, the next aired episode was Aguamala. We discussed Arcadia next because that was the intended viewing order when Mulder and Scully go undercover in a gated community. Aguamala brings us back to Arthur Dales with water monsters in Florida. Monday is a loop time episode in which Mulder and Scully are almost more guest stars, and it's the story about someone else whose boyfriend is going to blow up a bank. Episode 16 is Alpha, where a series of murders turn out to be the result of a a werewolf. Then we get Trevor, where an escaped convict gets the ability to pass through solid objects and he's just trying to get his son back. Milagro involves a writer whose imagination comes to life, including a serial killer. And this writer has a very unhealthy fixation on Scully. Episode 19 is The Unnatural, which had David Duchovny behind the camera. And we find out that there were aliens at Roswell pretending to be human and playing baseball because they just love the game so much. Episode 20 is Three of a Kind, the sequel to Unusual Suspects from Season 5, in which the lone gunman meet Suzanne Modeski once more and find out where her story has been going. Episode 21 was Field Trip, where we discover that there's mushrooms causing hallucinations and psychedelic trips in a field. It's been blamed on UFO activity. And then the season ends finally with Biogenesis, where it looks like uh, Christian texts and a lot of life on Earth actually was brought to us by aliens. So the season ends with Mulder in a sanitarium affected by these artifacts and Scully on the west coast of Africa with an alien spacecraft that has writings from Genesis imprinted on its sides. So some definite moves in the mythology in this one. There were also things going on behind the scenes. Most notably, it was in this summer between seasons 6 and 7 when David Duchovny announced that he was suing Fox. In season 5, the X-Files hit the 100-episode mark, which is a bit of a landmark to make it to syndication in international markets. And Duchovny felt that the overseas sales were being underreported and he was being shorted on his residuals. So since the Rockford Files in the 1970s, it was standard for actors to get residuals, meaning if a show that they were a part of is still so popular that people are watching it in reruns years later, the actors get a cut of the revenues from that. We could thank James Garner for that, who won Emmy after Emmy on the Rockford Files. It was one of the most popular shows on the air. And when he went to the negotiating table, he argued for residual clauses. The studio said, sure, we'll give you residuals. And he said, no, 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 not for me, for everybody. This is going to be a new standard Screen Actor Guild's clause. So when James Garner was the star of the most popular show on television, he fought to get that not just for himself, but for every actor in Los Angeles and working in the American studio system from that point forward. So huge kudos to James Garner. 
But when Duchovny was appearing at conventions, he was hearing from fans who were watching X-Files on local stations in syndication from countries where he had no revenue reports. So, based on what he heard, he sued them for an not completely disclosed amount, but over $25 million. He had actually been trying to push this and been in the courts with them for over a year before he announced it publicly, and they were just putting it off, putting it off. Duchovny felt he had to make the public announcement to make them move forward and actually take it to court, or otherwise there would be nothing to really motivate Fox to settle this. And this was in part when he extended his contract past season five to include the full season six and seven. It was going to include profit participation and these extra residuals that he felt he was being shorted. So he did end up in court suing Fox for millions. While he didn't sue Chris Carter, he did say that he felt Chris Carter was aware of the situation and complicit with it. So they said publicly that it's unfortunate, but that was pretty much the end of their friendship. At the same time, Duchovny announced that X-Files Season 7 was going to be his last season as a full-time cast member, although he was open to having occasional guest appearances in seasons beyond that. At this point, there really was a question about whether or not there was going to be a Season 8. For Chris Carter, Gillian Anderson, and David Duchovny, all of their contracts ended at Season 7. They were up against The Sopranos, which premiered first and was doing extremely well, with great critical fanfare. Millennium had just been cancelled. Chris Carter's contract with Fox said that he would create three shows that made it over 13 episodes each for them. He launched Harsh Realm, which lasted nine episodes and then was cancelled. Even though it was profitable, it just wasn't as profitable as Fox was hoping. So it really felt like they pulled the plug at episode 9 instead of episode 13 for the sole purpose of keeping Chris Carter bound and contractually obligated to make a fourth series for them. Especially since he and J. Michael Straczynski had been in talks to produce a show together for CBS. So by pulling Harsh Realm early, Fox was actually able to prevent Chris Carter from working with J. Michael Straczynski, who'd been with Babylon 5 at this point, from going over to CBS and producing something new there. In fact, Straczynski had not just wrapped up Babylon 5, he had pulled the plug on Crusade for reasons best discussed next week when we take a look specifically at Crusade. So with all this going on and going into Season 7, people were kind of feeling like they were planning for the end. And I think that's going to be very obvious when we get to the Season 7 finale a little bit down the road. Season 6, I think, overall is a strong season. I feel Season 7 is not as strong as 8, but certainly stronger than 9. And then, of course, there's 10 and 11 following that that we will eventually get to as well. We'll revisit 10 and come in fresh on 11. But, yeah, this was a really tense year on set. And I think some of that shows in the finished product that we're going to be going through. 
It didn't quite show in season six, but then again, it wasn't public knowledge. So he didn't have that extra pressure that Duchovny chose to put on because, as we said, he felt that not doing so would mean there would never be any action. And while I do feel that most people in Hollywood are overpaid, I think there's too much emphasis on stars versus on the production crew backing it up. I also say a contract is a contract, and if Fox said, we're going to pay you X dollars, they should have paid him X dollars. There's no question about that. I just personally feel that, partly as a response to the way audiences buy their tickets, there is too much emphasis on stars and not enough on writers, directors, and the other people who put that together. In any event, that's all we have to say about season six as a whole. Join us again next week when we take a look at the visitors from down the street. So that's Babylon 5 Crusade Season 1, Episode 12. So the penultimate episode of the series, which is an X-Files spoof. And then the week after that, we will take a good long look at the two-part Season 7 premiere, Sixth Extinction, Parts 1 and 2. Thank you for listening.